Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 279 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday. Wild Wednesday. Sorry folks, a little late today. Um, got recording a little bit last night. Or, or yesterday after work. And then just kind of ran out of steam. And actually it was like wild. I was in bed at like 8 o'clock last night. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> we'll see. Hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm fighting something here. Hopefully, I, I don't catch it. But uh, and I really don't want to catch it here in the next couple of weeks because I am off to Las Vegas. So I uh, that's a, that's about mid February school break in February. So uh, I got a little ways to go yet, but uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks, I guess. But uh, yeah. Anyway, no one cares. <laughs> What's happening, folks? Um, yeah, um, I don't know, a little light today, uh, not a lot to talk about, uh, I'm not, I won't talk for long, you heard that one before? Um, yeah, well, at the start of the show, uh, well, how about, to, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about this, and then we can, uh, we can build into, in, into today's festivities, um. Member of the Hockey Podcast Network. 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams, there's a show for. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Man, I'll tell you. I almost wish I was doing a team show. God, that would be so much easier. Your material is done for you every night when they play. Because all you got to do is come back on and just talk about how the game went. What happened. Who screwed up. Who did good. Who got sent down? Who got hurt? Who got called up? Who got drafted? Man, maybe I should do a team show. What team should the fourth line voice adopt? I don't know. 
Maybe I'll adopt one of these Saskatchewan senior teams that's doing all the fighting. Holy. How about the, how about the working boys? Throwing down. There's a pretty solid goalie fight from the Sask, from the Sask League there the other night. Somebody put up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, kind of yapping. I don't know, folks. Uh, well, I will say I put out online. Of course, last last week I had mentioned on the show that I was going to do uh, kind of a Mount Rushmore for each NHL team, and I wanted uh, volunteers. And uh, so I threw that out to social media, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll send you the email address, and we can come." Well, so ever I got every Yahoo replying to my post, but they're giving me the Mount Rushmore for like one team, and I'm like, "Well, I don't give a shit what your Mount Rushmore for the Detroit Red Wings is, or you know." And then, well, is it the Atlanta Flames or the Calgary Flames or both? Or well, fuck, I don't know, like. Maybe we'll just stick with Atlanta or with Calgary, and the Atlanta can be with the Jets. Well, are we gonna do the Golden Seals too? It's like again, like why are you asking so many questions? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't put that much thought into it. I'm just trying to come up with like fucking content, you know, um, you know. So and then so it's just a fucking schmoz. You know, and I appreciate people, like, replying, but it's just like, I don't know, can you just, I don't know, it's, I, I don't care about your New Jersey Devils, Mount Rushmore. Like, I need all the teams. I don't just need them. It's like, well, we're going to count Colorado with them, too, The you know, with the Rockies, or, oh, I, I don't know, I guess. How are we going to do it? The enforcers or fighters or best player fighter? I, whatever you want to do. It's it's like, holy shit. It's like, you guys are putting way too much thought into this. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, that episode will be coming up uh, probably next week at some point. Um, yeah, anyway, to bounce back to these podcasts. Um well, we have the network. Of course, we have Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. His latest episode is the 10 Greatest Fights. He went to the people, too. He kept it simple for himself and just went with the 10 Greatest Fights. Son of a bitch. I wish I had thought of that. Um, but a fun episode. Um, it was interesting to hear what the folks said about the Greatest Fights. Um, not a lot of surprises for some. But, um, yeah, some good stuff. And Alec always does a good job. I hate to admit that. Especially on air for people to document and record and go back to but uh and repeat see this is when you said it um but no uh by Lois, rob ray um sean pete jason rushton uh mike segroy kevin kaminsky he's got a great back catalog been doing it for a while um hopefully when work settles down here for him and they can kind of you know they get a regular job site he can um he can he can come at us with a little more regularity um i know that's the goal so hopefully he can do that. Um, uh, he also has a YouTube channel. Oh, the famous YouTube channel. Going to war with the East Coast League. That's been one of the great rivalries. Um, speaking of... Well, okay, I'll do this first. I'll talk about a rivalry in a second. Um, but uh, I know YouTube shut down his original, his original channel, which was unfortunate. Uh, but he has come back with another one. Um, and he's actually just putting up kind of, uh, 
fellow East Coast Hockey League fan submission videos and uh, and a few AHL videos here and there, but he's trying to build it up. Um, as I always say with you folks, um, the two things as listeners, as you guys can you guys can do to help us out as creators, this is all we ask. Don't ask much. And this isn't just me, this is everybody. Whatever platform you're listening to this show on, could you rate and review my show and Alex's show and Joe's show and every podcast you listen to, if you could rate and review, it's not much because I mean, you're not listening to 3,000 shows. Um, just hit the little star rating, that's it. You don't have to write warm peace in the, co- in the, in the comment section. Just good job. I like, don't even put anything. Just hit the star thing and be done with it. But it helps us out. That's all you got to do. You're, you're, you're holding it in your hand anyway. Boom. Done. And if you're up, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Just hit the subscription. There's a sign, little button there. Subscribe. You're done. That's it. That's all we're asking. Two pushes from you. Because YouTube likes that sort of thing when you subscribe to the channels. I have a YouTube channel as well. Fourth Line Voice. Got over 2,500 videos on there. Please subscribe to it as well. And go down the rabbit hole. Go to Alex's channel. Hit subscribe. As I said, YouTube likes that sort of thing. So, and it helps in the algorithms for like related videos. You know, those things on the right hand side. That's how we get involved. That's how our channels get put there. When you're, when you're watching some other thing and all of a sudden up in the corner. Oh, there's Fire for Fighting. What is this? Well, there's Fourth Line Boys. Click and away you go. So just subscribe to the channel. Rate and review the podcast. Boom. There you go. That's all you have to do. Two punches for us. But yes. Also, Jolton Joe Lazito. He, well, he, look at Jolton Joe. He's hit you in surround sound. He, he dusted off the Coliseum Chronicles podcast and gave a little episode called Alumni Night as that was happening in the, on the island. And Joe was in there like a dirty shirt, you know, hobnobbing with the goober smoochers. And, uh, you know, Lazito's a real someone. Yeah. Or somebody. Yeah. Or something like that. He's, he's something, they say. No, we're not sure what, but he's something. But he was in there, so he talked about alumni night at the. Uh, so he broke that out in in episode. Uh, I don't know what he calls it, one ninety two B or however Joe does his math on that show. But uh, check that out. Plus the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, his latest venture into the podcasting world. He just couldn't stay away. He tried to keep him away, but he came back under a, an assumed under a different name. He's got a number of different aliases. It's the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. And he, so far he's had uh, Trevor Steenberg, Ken McRae, and now he has Dave Marcinition as a guest. And you're like, who the fuck is Dave Marcinition? Oh, believe me. Well, after you've figured out, I'm not even going to try to attempt to spell his last name for you. But once you look it up, you talk about rugged old sandpaper D-man. Played Kamloops back in the day, then played in the minors, briefly played with uh, Quebec. But just some... He, he wore the old knuckle buster helmet and would go toe to toe. I have some outstanding fights of his on my YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, Hewitt, LaBelle, on and on. Great toe to toe fighter. Uh, dig me some Dave Marcination. Tremendous interview. Check it out. And, uh, yeah, once again, Joe leaves no turn on the stone, uh, no rock unturned. You know, I mean, you, you want to know Marcination's jock size, uh, his inseam. Uh, his waistline, social security number, uh, you name it, Joe covers it. So check it out. <laughs> and then, uh, finally, the latest, the newest member of the Hockey Podcast Network, Five and a Game. 
and that's my boy Jordan out there in the Maritimes. Um, I had Jordan on a bunch of weeks ago, well, a month ago now, um, and we talked about like 90s, early 2000s, LNA, or not LNAH. I always want to say Quebec. I think when I say Quebec, people think LNAH. Uh, the Quebec Major Junior League, um, we talked about that. And uh, he got the bug, and he liked it so much, he started up his own show, and uh, he is on the network, and, and right now, his latest episode is uh, part one with Ryan Hand, um, so that'll be uh, that'll be a tremendous interview. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, definitely check it out. Um, he also has a YouTube channel, Five in a Game, of course, and uh, and he kind of has some bio videos on there um, of different guys saying he'll do play Marc-Andre Watt, George Davis. Um, so if you really, uh, if you're into the Quebec junior scene or you want to learn more, um, and it was a crazy time back in the nineties, early two thousands. I mean, man, there were some tough cats rolling around that league and, and it was fun, uh, to, to, to go back and check out the history. Cause he was, cause Jordan was right in the middle of it out in Cape Breton. I know it's the Maritimes. You're like, well, you're talking about the Quebec league, but the Maritimes had a team in the Quebec junior league, Cape Breton screaming Eagles. So George, so Jordan saw it all. And, uh, yeah, check it out. You'll dig it. Trust me. I won't lead you astray, as far as you know. You know, but I had mentioned rivalries. Um, I'm actually going to record Friday. I have Friday off, folks. Well, I'm going to go in for a little bit in the morning. But um, after that, I have the rest of the day off. And I'm going to get Chris Y2J on. For the folks in the old message boards, they know him as Y2J. I've had Chris on before on this show. We had a little Buffalo special. Um, of course, he is a big Sabres guy, big Sabre history guy. I, I had him on. We talked Ray, Barnaby, May, all that stuff. It was fun. Um, but we are actually going to sit down and dissect one of, if not the greatest, one of the greatest uh, fight rivalries of all time, Rob Ray, Ty Domi. We are going to sit down. We're going to discuss, I believe, uh, all the 14 fights and um, just the, uh, the anatomy of a rivalry. Did I say that right? Yeah. Something like that. But Chris and I are going to sit down. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I have to finish watching the DVD. You should see the DVD. You got to see the, the the notes that he sent me for the DVD. It's got all their fights on it. And then, like, here, I'm, lo- I'm looking at it. It's, it's folded up. It, it's about, I don't know. It's like 25 pages. And it's broken down. We got everything happening in this thing, and uh, yeah. So I gotta. I have to. I've I've gone through a little bit of it, but I mean, obviously, I'm gonna have to read more of it, and because uh, I want to be prepared. And and Chris and I are gonna hit you with some stuff. So, and but I want to upload. I've talked to Chris because I want to up. I think all the fights are online anyway, but I kind of want to upload them all into one area uh, into my YouTube channel, so that way, um, obviously, you guys can watch. Um, as we are talking about them. Um, but I also, this might be my first, my venture back onto YouTube with my show. Uh, and I might put the show online, um, just the audio, but along with the fights. So, um, I have to figure all that out, but nonetheless, I'm recording with him on Friday. So I'm not saying that's going to be Saturday. Well, I can already tell you that's not going to be Sunday's episode because I'm talking with Jeff because Jeff got a hold of me and said, you know, my second favorite, because he's an Islander guy, whatever. But he's like, you know, my second favorite team is like the Hartford Whalers. I know they're not in your Mount Rushmore. I said, well, do you want to do a Mount Rushmore for the Hartford Whalers? And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, you do a, you do one of those, and I will have you on Sunday's show 
just so the people can hear another voice other than my own. So, uh, yes, I'm going to have that. Hopefully we can, I can record with Jeff, uh, this weekend on Saturday and, uh, I will hit you with Sunday's episode. And I also have a cat named Ray who is, uh, he has been putting up hype videos all over Facebook and on social media. And it's him hitting the heavy bag, hitting one of them, the body guys and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's got, I think he's got the Rocky theme music in the background and he's trying to get a hold of AJ Galante and he's like, I'm ready to rock and roll. I want to be an ice wars three. So Ray's going to bring it. I'm going to get him on the show. I'm going to tell him, here's your opportunity to cut a promo on why you think you should be an ice wars three, who you want to take on, what it's all about. And, uh, I, I just think that'd be fun. I will say his, uh, his videos and his enthusiasm, uh, piqued my interest. So we'll see what Ray has to say. I'm pretty sure that's not going to be an hour and a half episode or anything, but we'll talk. We'll meet Ray. We'll talk to him, and we'll see what's going on. We hopefully we'll see him at Ice Wars and uh, and and all that. But uh, that's coming up. So I got a few things in the fire, and I have a few player interviews. Um, not that I've recorded any, but there's a few there's a few players I'm talking to about interviewing. Um, some that I did, and they disappeared, and apparently, I don't know, they don't answer text messages anymore. So. I don't know. I don't know if they want. I guess if they don't want to be on it, they could have just said no. But instead, we'll just we'll just ghost me. I guess. I what the fuck? I I don't know. I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. But this is. But I, I've said this a million times. But this is also why I lose my enthusiasm for the shit. Because um, I get this all the time. Are you, are you going to do more interviews? I liked when you did interviews. I, I liked when I did interviews too, but. No one wants to come to the fucking phone. How am I supposed to do an interview? Um, you know, and I reach out and talk to a couple guys. They're all into it. I try, And then as soon as I try to nail down a time with them, all of a sudden they're in the wind. And so, you know, and then I get a hold of them again a couple of weeks later. I'm like, okay, did you want to still do this? Oh, yeah, bro, I'll let you know. And then you never hear from them again. It's like, okay, well, I'm not chasing you around. As I've always said, I'm a grown man. I'm not chasing you around. I'm not begging you to come on the show. Clearly, it's not a big deal to you. Uh, and that's fine. I wish you'd just say so, but, uh, you know, but I'm like, you know, I, I want to talk to get some fight guys on here and some ex players and for you guys for the interviews. Cause I know you guys enjoy them. Um, like I said, I can't make them come to the fucking phone. So I don't know. I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's, um, it's been frustrating. And like I said, chasing guys around and that gets frustrating and it's sitting down here, um, you know, every Sunday and Wednesday to come up with original content and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's getting hard. So, you know, and it's a grind guys. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I mean, I'll get, I mean, it's not, am I ever, you know, am I done ever recording with players again? Well, no, I mean, obviously I will have other player interviews, but when that'll be, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. So, but anyway, that's where we're at. So I, I can't tell you, I, I'm not playing coy. I haven't recorded with anyone. So uh, it's, I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you in the loop. I mean, I enjoy coming down here and talking to you guys and doing different things about Rushmore's or lists or whatever. I mean, that's all. that stuff's all cool, but, you know, and I know people like it and stuff, but it's like, I don't know, is that, uh, you know, I can tell you the show isn't fucking growing. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I mean, like I said, I'm always... The fact that anyone listened to this amazes me, but you know, as far I can see my listens, you know, the show's doing okay. I mean, I got a few folks listening, maybe a couple by accident, but there's a few folks listening and, 
okay, whatever. But I mean, the, the needle's not exactly fucking moving. I mean, it's the same, it's the same number, give or take each week. I don't know how else to promote it. Like I said, I'm all over Facebook and Twitter putting it out there. And I mean, I, 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 short of flashing neon signs, I don't know how, how to get more listens. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, that's a topic that the network and I have discussed for a year and a half now. So I don't know how to get more people to listen. I mean, I don't know. If it's up, to, if you guys could tell a friend, that'd be cool for me. I'd appreciate that. But um, I don't know. I see all the I see all these guys on Facebook and everything yelling about old time hockey and how much they love it. But then they, they never listen to a show. So you know, I don't know. Like if I if I love something and I was a big fan of old time hockey and the old time fighters, and then I there was a show talking about old time hockey and old time fighters. I don't know. I think I might listen to it once or twice and. I mean, maybe they did, and they thought I was a fucking jack-off. I mean, okay, that's fine. But, I mean, for the most part, you talk to these, oh, I've never listened. Well, okay. But, I mean, you'll listen. But then you hear them, and they why? I, I just listen to Leafs Lunch and Spit and Chiglets. Really? What what do either of those have to do with old-time hockey or old-time enforcers? Seriously. I don't get the Spit and Chiglets thing. I, I really don't. I mean, I like Biz and Whitney. I don't have a problem with those guys. And I, 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 should, I get it, but it, like the popularity of the show, but I don't know, like I've listened to some episodes and, eh, you know, this is the best, this is the greatest hockey podcast in the world. It's like, I, you know, okay, I'm, you know, some of the guests are all right, but I mean, again, if you're an old, if you're an old time fight fan, what, I don't know what's tuning into Luke Robitaille is doing, but I guess, you know, so you know, well, again, I, I, at the same time, I guess it's not like I've had major influx of fucking guests that they can listen to either. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm talking up my ass right now. It's just, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, um, the show's growth is stagnant. I can't get people to the phone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'll just keep going on. I mean, we'll do Mount Rushmore and I'll have a few cats on. And I mean, I have fun talking to people like fight fans and having them on and we just bullshit about stuff like Chris and I doing the rivalry thing coming up. I mean, that's fun for me. I enjoy it. I mean, I, you know, as far as listenership goes, I mean, you know, the diehards like it and they'll always listen, um, you know, and, and that's cool. I mean, that's, I'm just doing my show for you guys anyway, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you can't see me. I'm not on video, but I'm just sort of shrugging. And I mean, we'll see how it goes down the line. But uh, I don't know. The enthusiasm is waning. We'll put it that way here and there. But anyway, enough of crying, right? You guys are, like tuned in. I don't want to listen to this crybaby shit. Just get on with things. All right. Let's get on with things. Um, yeah. What should we talk about today? All right. All right. Let's get out of here. It is... Uh, but it's almost 10 o'clock here on Wednesday night. Um, I'm really, I'm really struggling to get through this episode here. Um, <clears throat> no. Um, okay. Where's my notes here? I'm sitting in the dark. Where are my notes? Uh, well, I got some, got some hockey cards. The wife was kind enough to, uh, buy her overgrown child, uh, a few packs of hockey cards from the old Dollarama. So I'll open those in a second. But uh, before I do that, I'm going to hit you with some news and notes, some enforcer happenings. And um, and then um, I have a list. There's folks out there that enjoy the list. Um, <clears throat> this one's a little different. Actually, as I was uh, 
sort of uh, bouncing around the internet, I came across it. It was an old, uh, I guess it would be a blog post, I suppose. Um, my friend Dave, um, from uh, for those on Twitter that will remember, um, Hockey Fight History. Um, he actually had a fairly large Twitter account and a following. Um, I've known Dave for a long time from the old fight message boards. Um, Kramer from the fight boards, from the FC days, as people remember. Um, he's actually... Um, he stepped away a couple years ago from, uh, from social media and, um, yeah, I, I miss Dave. I, I always enjoyed our conversations. I had him on the show, uh, way back when, um, he was a great guest, really knowledgeable hockey guy. Um, but, um, the point of all this, uh, Dave, if you're out there listening, call home. Um, I'd like to talk to you again. I hope you're doing well. Um, but yeah, he, uh. He uh, he used to go to the Traverse City uh, in Michigan, the the rookie games back then. And I mean, I'm sure you've... The reason I'm bringing this up is because um, the other day I had posted up a fight because he used to be the old camcorder ninja, right? Him and a couple of the boys would take camcorders, sneak him in and film, and film the rookie games. And he got some great stuff because back then, man, those camps were loaded in the late 90s uh, to two, in the mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s. Yeah, he, he saw, you know, King and Bugard and Fitzgerald and blah, 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 Matt Cassian and on and on. And Segroy, Hodachuk, Kazoka. Um, and he used to film all that stuff and he had some great fights. And one of the fights I put up the other day was the fight between uh, Minnesota Wilds' Derek Bugard and the Detroit Red Wings' Brian McGratton. And it is a great tilt that got I 10,000 views or something on Twitter and people really enjoyed it. And, uh, I hadn't, um, cause they way back, see, I'm going to date, date myself here, but back in the day in the message boards, um, all the collectors would sort of get together because again, there was no, there was no internet TV. Like there was shit was hard to find. Right. And guys, uh, in the preseason games, like shit wasn't on TV. Sometimes it was, but a lot of games weren't, but there were so many collectors all around, well, North America, that, you know, if they played a game here in Saskatoon or something, I mean, the local news would have highlights or whatever, and if there was a fight they'd sh- back then, they would show it. So, of course, I would record the fight that maybe happened here or happened in Regina that I would get from my news, and I would submit that footage, or we had other guys like Dave filming in Traverse City, and he would start the tape, and then we'd add all these news clips from training camp fights and stuff from TSN and the news and, and you'd, and you'd end up making that year's preseason tape. And they did it for a number of years and guys would submit their footage that they got off the local news. Or if they went to, you know, they'd sneak a camcorder into maybe Sabres camp. Cause that's where that, I believe it's the Pete, is it the Peters McMurrow fight? And I want to say the Peters Bolton fight, like that stuff was all camcorder, you know, a guy snuck it in. And, um, there's that, the one Carcillo and Bissonette from Pittsburgh camp that's on my YouTube channel that somebody filmed. And there was a guy that filmed out in Jersey and, you know, so, and it was a real community effort to put it all together. And that's what the preseason tapes would become. And they did them for four or five years. I remember getting super excited to get, to get the preseason tapes because it was one of those things. If you contributed, you know, you you got a copy after. So, you know, and um, and Dave was obviously huge in it with filming the the rookie games, and uh, so I always look forward to that camcorder stuff. And yeah, it was just it was a real. I mean, back then it was it was it was old school, man, and you had to go hunt for footage, and 
you know, now it's, I've always said these, the folks now, you're so lucky to go to YouTube and you type in a name and all up all the fights come and you can just sit there sitting on your smart TV in your big chair watching, you know, fights that people uploaded and recorded years ago. And, um, they don't know the, 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 the struggle that went into getting that stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, but Dave was a, a huge in the hobby back then and, uh, yeah, uh, tremendous. And, uh, anyway, um, what was the point of my story? I'm just scatterbrained tonight. Oh, so I had put the the his footage up, and uh, and people were really enjoying it and stuff. And I happened to be doing an internet search, um, and his blog post came up, and it was a and it was um it was a a list the top ten heavyweights from the NHL prospect tournament in Traverse City, Michigan, 1998 to 2012. So um, yeah, Dave wrote this article, and I I. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share the list with you. Um, I, I mean, it, it's not like my other lists. I, obviously I look, I, cause I was like, well, what is this? And I kind of scrolled and read it and I'm like, oh, well, it seemed top, <coughs> it seemed topical because like I said, everybody really enjoyed the Bugard McGratton fight from the tournament that I put up the other day. So I figured, well, I'll, uh, I'll read Dave's list here that he made. And like I said, Dave's, Dave was a student of the game, really knew the fight game. So, um, I didn't read, like he has write-ups on each guy. I didn't really get into the write-ups. I'll read those as, as I present the list here. I mean, I already know who's on the list cause I looked at the list, but I didn't read too much into it, but I, I really liked it. So yeah, I will be sharing you, sharing with you, uh, Dave's article of the, uh, Traverse City tournament, uh, from the, uh, late nineties, early 2000, well, to all the way to 2012. So, uh, yeah, I will, we'll get into that, but, uh, for, I'll do the hockey cards after the news and notes. Um, just some quick, uh, uh, the Cowboy is on the move. Curtis Swanson has been traded from, uh, the new team in the LNH, Mount Calm. Uh, he is actually traded to Laval back home, back where it start. Well, I guess he start, you know, I guess he started in Tedford, but you know what I'm saying with the old Laval Chiefs, but now he's back with Laval. Uh, I can't, it's petrol or something. Whoever owns it owns like gas company and stuff. So they're named after that. Again, it's in French. So, um, but yeah, he's back in Laval. Um, not sure how many, he only played the two or the one game. Unfortunately, he was there for two games with Mount Calm, but the, the next game got snowed out and whatever. Um, he ended up fighting Thomas Belmar twice. Um, not an easy task. Belmar, tough dude, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's back in Laval. I've talked to him. I've texted him to him today and we were talking. Um, I'm not sure, you know, when he's going to suit up for Laval, but, um, because he does actually have some upcoming boxing matches coming. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, the deal with him and Laval and what they got set up, but nonetheless, Curtis Swanson has been traded. So we'll see what happens. And of course, uh, around the corner on, in, uh, March 4th is Ice Wars 3, of course, in, uh, Wyoming. And, uh, last time I talked to him, uh, he didn't have a fight yet set up. Not to say that he, that he wasn't going to be in Ice Wars 3. He just hadn't heard anything yet. So, um, still very much, um, up in the air there. So we'll see. But nonetheless, he is in Laval. Um, or he's, he's signed, or property Laval now, I guess. Spit it out, man. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, I know, uh, GF LaFrance from Ice Wars fame, of course, the big jack dude. Um, he plays with Laval. Uh, actually, he leads the LNH and fights, 
but he got into a pre pregame brawl and uh, received a six game suspension. So he's out for a little while. Um, I know Derek Parker had made mention that he will be in Laval this weekend to play. Um, but of course he works full time with the railway and does not have, he just doesn't, he's not there all year. So he kind of in and out, in and out, but, uh, yeah, he's going to come in this weekend. Um, Donnie Augustine, who was a former guest on this, he's been in and out of Laval as well. I'm not sure what his status is. Um, so it's kind of a revolving door. So I'm not really sure the status of, of, well, GF LaFrance obviously lives there and whatever. And he's like their full-time guy that suits up every game. But of course with his suspension now, um, and I know the Laval owner seems very gung-ho on having like the toughest team, um, you know, and of course with the LNAH again, it's tough nowadays uh, because of their rules. They have an import rule, um, or they don't have an, you're not allowed to be, you have to be either born in Quebec or have played in the Quebec Junior League or have played in the league previously, i.e. that's how Swanson got to play. He was grandfathered in. So, um, and same with August, uh, same with Augustine. So, um, yeah, so, and you can't be from out of Quebec. I don't know why they would do that rule is so ridiculous it's uh killing the product in my opinion but um so it's real tough now to uh to find toughness and whatever and like i said if you're gonna grandfather guys in well you know these guys aren't coming they're not 22 years old anymore um you know swans is 38 i mean he's in good shape he's been boxing oh like he said he's in better shape now than than when he actually played in the league but for the in most cases you know guys are you're just you're getting old right and it's just father time. So, um, it's always a battle to find toughness to begin with, let alone when you're going to handcuff it like that. So I really, the people that run the league, I have no idea why they're doing that, but whatever, that's what they're doing. Um, I talked to Francois. I want to get him on the show. We've kind of made plans to set something up because he's, he's down in Quebec and he's a big, uh, big fan of the league and he knows what's going on the ins and outs, but he was telling me, you got to check out the double a league. It's kind of the feeder league. Uh, to the LNAH, and uh, he says, oh, shit's still popping off down there. Like, they're still averaging about four fights a game, and they're crazy town, and, you know, it's like the early 2000s old Quebec stuff. So, uh, and he puts videos up and stuff. I will, I'll put the link there in the description, but I'm going to get him on. But, oh, yeah, I've, he, I've seen some of his stuff, and, oh, they're fighting out in the runway. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, you know, so it's still a little crazy down there. Actually, Corey Holland, uh, again, a, a veteran guy. Um, he he's actually gonna he's spending the winter down there, and he is actually playing in that Double A league, and he's he's really enjoying it. And I, I saw he had a couple fights the other day, and uh, yeah, so he he's back in the groove. And uh, I mean, he's he's same age, forty seven, same age as I am, but he's got himself into great shape and uh, and a tough guy. But you know, you're you're battling father time. Um, he was up with the LNH for a couple games, um, had, had a couple fights, um, and uh, now he's down in the AA league, kind of getting his legs and getting it back. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the progress that uh, that he makes here for the remainder of the year. But uh, uh, anyway, long-winded answer to uh, to uh, Curtis Swanson getting traded to Laval. Um, in other news, speaking of Quebec. Uh, in the Quebec Senior League, which is not the LNAH or this AA league I'm talking about. We're just talking senior hockey. Um, Donald Brashear is still playing. Of course, he's 52 years old. Uh, but somebody put up a stats. He had, uh, 
I can't, he's averaging basically a point a game, but he's got like a hundred and some minutes, but, uh, the video is making the rounds. Um, yeah, with his glove on, he popped a dude, cracked this guy a couple times and they were kind of face to face and yapping. And then Brashear with his left hand, just machine gunned the guy a few punches and dropped him and guy was bleeding all over. And then there was another guy standing there and Brashear bopped him in the head. I mean, he still had his glove on, gave him a shot. Well, the guy didn't go down or anything, but he was fired up. And I don't know how many games suspension. I haven't looked into the suspension. I know he got suspended. I don't know how for how many. Um, but of course it's Brashear, right? So that's going to lead to an onslaught of comments and everything. And, you know, the, uh, all the, all the clowns come out of the woodwork. Just, I always knew he was a dickhead and this is, this proves it. I mean, no context to the video whatsoever. It picked up right when they were kind of face to face and Brashear started punching them. And like I said, well, I'd like to see what led up to that. Like again, we always, everybody talks like the ass kicking just fell out of the sky and Brashear just snapped for no reason. He just started punching this guy. Oh, you really think there's just no reason Brashear started punching him? Like, yeah, right. Like, you don't think these guys are trying to, they're going to tell their buddies that, oh, look at this, I'm playing Brashear now. I'm going to go fuck around with the ex-NHL tough guy. You don't think that happens? Like, come on. Again, I'm not trying to say maybe Brashear did just, they were yapping and he was just like a fuck it and started punching the guy. I don't know. Again, the video clicks in right when they're kind of yapping face to face and then Brashear just starts punching the shit out of this guy with his glove on. Um, and he does bust the guy pretty good. Again, it's a hockey glove, left hand from Donald Brashear. 52 years old or not, I can guarantee he can hit. Yeah, the hockey bear. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Um, so I don't know what all went into it or what happened. I have yet, no one has yet to post a backstory that I've read anyway. Um, so I will, we'll see. You, you can see the video. It's all over online, but yeah, I was just sort of laughing at the comments. Cause of course everybody, you know, cause Brashear is basically out of one, out of all the like enforcers from the date from back in the day or whatever, Brashear is pretty unanimously, you know, hated. Other than Tony, basically. <laughs> um, no, he has his fans. But but overall, Brashear isn't real popular. Um, you know, people didn't like his antics or whatever. I'm not a Brashear fan either. But I've always said, he's in my top ten. I mean, his career was unbelievable. Um, outstanding fight card. And I mean, people... And I know Brady's listed. You, you can argue with me all you want. But if... Well, I don't... You can't argue with his fight card and... And everything and the results and like I said, his style might not have been that exciting, but the guy was a force when he was in his prime. And um, and again, I'm not a Brashear fan, but I mean, I I can I you know I have common sense and I can say that. I mean, you know, let's let's be adults here and just you know call you know call it how it is. I mean, the dude he was a bad dude, man, and he was a tough guy, and uh, you know, like him or hate him, it, that them's the facts. So. But, uh, but he did do a lot of shit with the hand dusting and the mouth and off and whatever. And I get why people don't like him. Um, so right away, they're all over him for this, for this and always beating up these guys and whatever. Well, again, who knows what happened? I'm not, I'm reserving judgment until, you know, I hear the whole story. But, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he messed those, he messed that dude up. So what's the, was it fuck around and find out? Well, you found out. So you know, um, you want to be famous? Yeah, you didn't hang too long. He didn't even take his gloves off on you. Imagine if it had been bare fist, what would have happened to you? Um, so, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll check in. If I get any more updates, like someone that was, 
someone that was there or a player or something said tells the story, then I'll update it. Until then, um, yeah, I'm I'm reserving judgment on. Oh, he just snapped. I see for no reason. Oh, for no reason. Okay, you know. Yeah, the only other thing, hockey wise, I mean, current that you know. Uh, well, of course, Boudreaux getting fired in Vancouver, and um, I I don't know what Canucks ownership was doing there. I mean, they kind of. I mean, coaches get fired all the time, but it's like, I don't know. They butchered that deal. Like, I don't know what you were, like, they kind of fucked him over. Like, treated him like shit on the way out. And he's a pretty beloved character. And I know the fans are really revolting and they're pissed off. And, of course, the Canucks go and hire Talkit. Well, so now all these Canuck fans I'm reading, they're all over Talkit. I'm like, well, Talkit didn't fire the guy. They asked him if he wanted the job and he took it. Well, yeah, remember back when he was gambling and all? Oh, yeah, well, your whole league's... Fucking promotes gambling now. I'm like, he literally ran like a March Madness in a freaking football pool. Like, let's dial it down that he was like freaking Capone here working the phones. And yeah, he had a real massive bookie business. Like, okay. You know, meanwhile, the entire league is run by BetMGM and Bet365. And hell, this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. What the fuck am I going to say? Right? I mean, oh, people are so stupid. Like, just... Well, you're going to have a felon run the team. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like, never mind that he basically had a Hall of Fame career or anything like that, and and he has coached in the league. Uh, no, let's just talk about some fucking petty gambling bullshit from a decade ago. Like, okay. But this is who we're replacing Bruce with? Like, oh, yeah, like, he's just some Martian from the ship in Roswell. Like, who is this? Like, okay. But yeah, so all this talk and hate and whatever, and like the first game comes out, they're booing him and shit. It's like for what? Like what do you? Why? Why are you booing him? Like I said, he didn't fire the guy. So once again, sports fans, they never, they never, they never let me down. They're just idiots till the end. So once again, here we are, buffoons. Yeah, but no, it's Talkett's fault. Okay, yeah, he gambled. Oh. And now, a message from our sponsors. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg, you add up to 100%. Yeah, guys, the Eagles are looking sharp. I think the Eagles are my pick to to do it. Uh, you know, we'll see. They're, it'll be tough, you know, with Kansas City, but like that Mahomes injury in Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati too, though. But I, the Eagles, I think I'm going to take the Eagles to fly here, folks. Uh, but download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 in the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Anyway. Let's open these cards, shall we? It's a really, it's a real, rivet, real riveting episode so far. I can't even, I, I want to open these hockey cards. I can't even get into them. Yeah, they're from 1992. They're like, what kind of cards are they? Pinnacle, 1992 hockey. Yeah, like I say, it's an audio podcast, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna open cards here. Maybe. Are you serious? How can I not open these? There we go. All right. 
who did we get in this? Oh, Yuri Curry to start things off. There we go. Oh, Pat Verbeek, the little ball of hate, Pat Verbeek. You ever look at Pat Verbeek's numbers, though? They're like 40 goals and 200 minutes. And I was never a big Pat Verbeek fan, but but hell of a career, without a doubt. Steve Leach. He was always a scrappy dude. I didn't mind Steve Leach. It's like, you know, he would, uh, he'd get in there and grind. Ron Francis, probably the most, uh, underrated Hall of Famer of all time. Isn't like Ron Francis, like third all time in points, and yet like no one talks about him? I mean, I guess it's probably all those years in Hartford and stuff where he was kind of the, the forgotten cat, but it was like, yeah, here, I, as we're talking, I, I gotta do this. I gotta look up Ron Francis. I, I mean, like, completely, like, taken for granted, right? Like, the career that he had was just unbelievable. I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I, I mean, I knew how good he was and everything else, but when you go back and look at his stats, it's just, like, unbelievable. I think the, the, the thing is, is I think he, um, okay, I, I lied. Yeah, so he started in, like, Hart, in 1981. 59 games, he had 68 points in his first year. Then 90, 83, 81, 93, 75, 70, 101, 100, 93, 119 with Pittsburgh in 95, 96. Um, he was never the big goal scorer. He was always like the 27 goals, 92 assists. He was always a setup guy, right? 73 points, 77 points, you know. Um, do you know he finished his career with the, I did not know Ron Francis played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right at the lot, he was with Carolina and they traded him in the 0304 to Toronto. At the end of the 12 games, he had 10 points. And then he had, and then it was for the, obviously for the playoff run. Uh, he played 12 playoff games, had four assists. But yeah, career games, 1,731 career games, 1,798 points. Yeah. And then 171 playoff games, 143 points. Yeah, I mean, what a career. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, what, what are the all-time records here for, for points in the NHL? I think he's like third or something. Oh, he's fifth. Yeah, obviously Gretzky, then Yager, then Messier, Gordy Howe is fourth, and Ron Francis is fifth. Yeah, man. And and it's like, and that's the thing, right? With uh, with some of these guys, it's like, I know I always felt like like Francis just like never gets talked about, you know. And it's just, but what a career! Yeah, fifth all time in scoring. Did you know that? Mike Richter will go through. Neil Broughton. Rookies, oh, the 92-93 hot rookie, Kip Miller, another rookie, Jeff Sanderson, Mike Donnelly, what is this, Pro, oh, Randy Gregg, Dr. Randy Gregg, yes, Ed Belfour, and then Idols with Luke Robitaille and Marcel Dion, well, there we go, not a lot of toughness in that pack, but you can't say he didn't get a Hall of Famer, did that. Um, there we go. Well, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm keeping things brief today. I'm turning over a new leaf. Who would have thought I'm actually going to be quick today, but, um, let's get to Dave's, uh, list. <clears throat> All right. A brief history. I've had, 
uh, I've have had have been attending the NHL Prospect Tournament in Traverse City, Michigan, on and off for the last 15 years. The tournament began in 98-99 and served as an opportunity for NHL teams to get an early look at their June entry draft picks, young undrafted free agent invitees, as well as other pro- prospects already drafted or within their respective minor league systems. Uh, below is a list of teams that have participate, participated in past tournaments. Uh, Detroit, Columbus, St. Louis, Chicago, Nashville, Washington, Minnesota, the Rangers, Dallas, and Atlanta. Slash Carolina. Um, I recently read a blog of top players that have attended this tournament, so I was going to talk. I'd rather talk about the toughness. I've been a fan of hockey fights and the players who have performed that role for as long as I can remember, and have categorized these players as much more near and dear to my heart. It's a shame that today's game is, is they're trying to phase it to phase this aspect of today's NHL. Um, the list. Some of those names will immediately. Re- some of these names you'll immediately recognize, while others might be a bit more of a mystery to you. YouTube them. I created this list from memory, although I have every tournament program for the years I attended, which would have been, which would have, which would have greatly helped me finalize my list. But I was so excited to get this going uh, that I am changing on the fly, as they say, down on the ice. Without further ado, here is my list of the top toughest players, best fighters to ever attend the NHL Prospect Tournament in Traverse City, Michigan. We start at number one, but I'm going to go down. <coughs> I'm going to go down to number 10 here, and we'll, we'll get going. All right, let's, uh, where's your list here? Here's me get this going here. Number 10, well, there you go, former guest of the show, uh, Riley Emerson. He was in Minnesota. After Derek Bugard became a household name in Minnesota, the Wild thought they, would, they got his twin brother, at least stature-wise, when they took big Riley Emerson in 199th overall in the 05 entry draft. Emerson, who stands six foot eight, two hundred forty eight pounds, has paid his dues playing in the previous North American and European leagues the past several seasons. Another big time enforcer from the Western Hockey League. Yeah, great guest too. Really nice guy. Um, could definitely go back and check out that interview. He talks about good Wild Camp. They had Bugart, John Scott there too, and Cassian and Emerson. Like, I don't know what the Minnesota scouts were doing, man. They were just going for like, who's the biggest dude, and we're taking them. But yeah, talk about size at that camp. Holy. Yeah, number nine, Radis Evans. There you go. Uh, he was with Detroit at the time. Uh, another former NHL tough guy who got to start by accepting a free free agent invitation from the Wings to the tournament. Uh, has spent time with Montreal, Los Angeles, and Calgary during his NHL career. His season was cut short, short during the 2010-2011 season after just one game when he suffered a concussion during a fight with Edmonton Steve McIntyre, the big... Uh, Latvian has played 282 NHL games during his 14-year professional career. Yeah, I mean, he came over. Dude's massive. Uh, played in the minors. Really battled it out. Um, yeah, that fight with uh, with with Big Mac was uh, was a scary deal. Caught him. Um, yeah, it was like the old Battle of Alberta thing. Um, that was a real big win for McIntyre too, because I believe that was on Hockey Night in Canada. So, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, tough shot for him to take, but uh, yeah, but yeah, this dude's mad. I, they they did some. There were they were. I remember the interview. They were they were in like a gym or something, and they were like he was just like lifting weights or whatever, and like the guy's just like huge. Uh, number eight, uh, well, Trevor Ettinger. Yeah, another tragic story among the Enforcer Brotherhood as former uh, Q Enforcer and Columbus prospect Trevor Ettinger. Trevor Ettinger. Trevor was drafted by Edmonton in the 98 entry draft, and he was a free agent invited to the tournament by Columbus in 99. 
where he's, where he made enough of an impression that he was signed by the Blue Jackets and sent to their East Coast affiliate in Dayton for some seasoning. Trevor kicked around Syracuse in the AHL as well before he took his own life in July 26, 2003. Um, he had finished his last professional season with the Crunch in the AHL during that during the 03 season. A tough customer who fondly remember by the fans who he grew close to during the game in major junior and professional hockey. Yeah, I mean, um, <coughs> it's one of those things, a real sad story, right? And, um, uh, yeah, but he, big tough guy. Um, the, the guys that I've, I've had on the show that, that have, that knew him and talk about him, uh, you know, talk about him fondly. Um, the guys who, who dropped the gloves with them said, you know, real tough competitor, great fighter, um, tough guy. And just, um, you know, had the demons and, and unfortunately, um, you know, obviously mental health issues and that, uh, you know, he unfortunately, uh, killed himself, but, uh, yeah, but he was a, definitely a tough dude. Um, again, I would, uh, if you're not familiar, um, definitely go back on YouTube. Some of his stuff is on there. Um, I know some of it's on my channel from his time in Dayton. Um, yeah, tough kid. And uh, it's a real shame. Uh, numbers, uh, I've seen a lot of this cat. Number seven, Matt Cassian. He, again, as I was saying before, he was with the Wild. Uh, I've been waiting for his call-up from the current club for the better part of four seasons when he finally got his shot during the 2010-2011 season. Big Cass played four games with the Wild that year and fought another tournament alumni, Jared Bull, with the Blue Jackets. He also fought veteran Jody Shelley that year. Matt later signed with the Ottawa Senators, played two seasons there before falling victim to the black ball leg of enforcers put forth by the NHL, or so it would seem. Uh, Matt played a total of 76 NHL regular season games in four, par- in four partial seasons. Considered one of the top WHL fighters during his time there. Yeah, he was. He played for the Giants, and then the Giants traded him to uh, um, Kamloops. Um but yeah, imagine that Giants team. They had him and Lucic and like Garrett Hunt. Like imagine that lineup. But yeah, actually him and Lucic got into a really good fight when he went to Kamloops and they came back and played. Um, yeah, he's probably the kingpin of the league, him and Lu- him or Lucic. Um, he had some great fights in the Western League. Uh, a couple, again, a couple of them are on my channel. Um, really great fight with Miles Stays. Uh, he busts his like visor clean off. And But yeah, Cassian was a big dude, big tough dude. Um I know he has a podcast. Uh, he's, he's pretty active on social media. I, I reached out to him a while, a long time ago. I'd like to get him on the show. Hopefully, I, who, I wish I remember who I was. Somebody is friends with him. I can't remember that I had on, and they were going to talk to him for him for me as well. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get him on. He'd be a fun guest. I'd like to go back and talk about those Giants teams. Uh, number six, Graham Belak, the younger brother of former NHLR Wade Belak. Graham was a free agent fighty by the Blues. Graham played a Roughly six years of pro hockey at the minor league level in North America and overseas before hanging them up, before hanging up the blades in 05. Not the pugilist force Wade was, but no walk out, walk over either. Cut his teeth in the Western League and usually fared well in his tilts. He had a great chin, man. Yeah, Graham was a tough guy. Big, like size, looked like Wade. Um, yeah, in the Western League, he had some great fights. Um, again, some of those are on my YouTube channel. Uh, played pro for a few years. He is now an RCMP officer. Um, I believe, um, but yeah, he had, you know, solid minor league career, um, big kid, tough. I mean, you're always, he's going to be in the shadow of his brother. I mean, you know, he, was he tough? Like, was he, a, obviously he wasn't Wade, but, uh, but he certainly was no slouch and he had some great fights in the minors, took, has a great fight card, tough kid. Yeah. 
Graham Bielak. Man, this tournament, like I said, I kind of briefly went through this list real quick, but yeah, I forgot some of these, because I remember, I'd always watch Dave's stuff that he filmed, but you just for it's just over the years, right? There's just so much stuff you just forget, but uh, number five, Tim Spencer of St. Louis. Spencer's probably the most non-household name on the list, but Tim was making a name for himself as he climbed up the minor league ranks. He was showing that uh, he has what it takes to play the physical game at the lower levels and now needs a chance for someone to show what he can what he can do in the show. A tough forward finally got a break last season when Washington dressed him for a preseason game. Tim has bounced around playing in North America and across the pond. Hopefully an NHL team will give him another shot in the near future as he is a tough, exciting, skilled fighter looking for a break. His recent fights with minor league legend John Morastier are worth YouTubing. Tim is still lacing them up in the American Hockey League. Yeah, this is one guy I don't know a lot about Tim Spencer. I've seen some of his fights. Those Morasti fights are something. <laughs> Again, um, yeah, I know big dude. Um, uh, it was in Ottawa, I believe. I saw some of his stuff in Ottawa. Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not, uh, I didn't research all of these guys. Uh, well, I know most of these guys on the list. He is the one guy that I, I sort of, I have a lot of blind spots for. Um, I know he's over in the EIHL. I saw some of that stuff, but I'm not going to sit here and try to profess to be a Tim Spencer, um, uh, aficionado, but I can tell you if Dave put him on his list, uh, he is legit because Dave knows what he's doing. Uh, number four, DJ, well, DJ King, I do know. Uh, another tough Western League kid started the Travis City Tournament, former NHLer DJ King. DJ last played for the Capitals in 2010-2011 NHL seasons after being traded by the Blues, the team who drafted him in 09. DJ would go on to play 118 regular season games and mass 250 minutes before retiring from hockey. Yeah, I believe he had some injuries. I don't know if it was concussion related or not. I think it was. Um, I'm not sure, but I should, I should take that back. I shouldn't, I'm not going to be his doctor. I'm not quite sure why he had to retire early, but it's a shame because um, DJ King, I think if given the opportunity and he could have stayed healthy and, and stuck around, he was a legit force. Uh, this dude could throw down and he was mean, big, and um, it would have been really interesting if he had stuck around. Again, go back to YouTube and watch some of his fights. He, uh, oh, yeah, DJ King was a mean dude, man. Actually, funny enough, he, we actually just started following each other on Facebook, so... I think I might be reaching out to G G DJ King to see. Uh, he looks like he's doing well. He's up here in uh, in Western Canada and uh, with the wife and a couple of kids. So uh, hopefully he's doing well. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try to reach out for him, see if he'll come on the show. But that was a bad dude right there. Number three. Oh, there you go. Mike Segroy. Yeah, uh, he's with Detroit in these tournaments. Uh, while Mike may not be a household NHL name to most people, anyone that follows the minor league circuit will know Mike is very active in the East Coast and AHL brawler who has donned the shirt of many minor league teams. Mike also dabbled in the MMA world when he wasn't playing hockey. Another tough competitor who got a start in Traverse City. Another fighter who somehow... Got his start from playing college and then with the Detroit Red Wings inviting him in 99 as a free agent. Sued up for two games last year with the Orlando Solar Bears. I have no idea who he was until he took on longtime NHLer Darcy Ortachuk at center ice during the 2000 tournament. Mike was fortunate enough to play one preseason with the Red Wings that year as well. Yeah, I mean, Mike Segroy is a minor league legend. Uh, again, guest of the show. Great guy. Uh, it was fun to have on. Um, tough dude. By his own admission, uh, kind of kind of screwed up uh did a lot of talking when he probably shouldn't have been when he should have been listening and was uh his own worst enemy in a lot of ways um again this is him saying it not me saying it but um he and he fully takes 
responsibility for that. But he was a big guy. Uh, could, he could play, and he's certainly NHL tough. Um, he should have got NHL time, in my opinion. Um, he was definitely... There was a lot of guys that went that went over him that shouldn't have. But like I said, I think he got into some trouble and, and, and kind of, uh, and once you get that label put on you, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of doomed, but, uh, big dude and legit and, uh, very active on social media. Um, yeah, fun guy to talk to. And he is now coaching. He's a hockey coach, does skills training. Um, and he also, uh, trains and works with MMA fighters. So yeah, he's still very much immersed in, uh, uh, you know, physical culture, I guess. And, uh, but yeah, and he's down there in Florida and uh fun guy to talk to. I'll definitely get him back on the show. Uh, number two, Brian McGratton. There you go. For a team that rarely gives any sort of toughness a second look these days, the Red Wings had invited then free agent Brian McGratton to Traverse City for a look-see after he remained unsigned by the LA Kings, the team who drafted him. I didn't know the Kings drafted him, huh? Well, he never played a game for the Red Wings, Brian's rambunctious physicality and aggressive style would get him noticed by other NHL teams looking to add toughness to their roster. McGratton, or Big Earn, as he's affectionately known, would go on to play for the Senders in the full-time role in 05 to 08. Also suited up for the Flames, Predators, and Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Big Earn? One of the best to ever do it. Um, I probably have him on my top 10, you know, later top 10, maybe on the outside just looking in, 11-12. But, um... You know, I know he was kind of, it would have been interesting to see him in the 90s for sure. But yeah, uh, AHL penalty minute record, uh, 551. He always says that's what got him up with the Senators because he set that in Binghamton the year before. Oh, legendary, great fights. Um, yeah, his fight with Josh Gratton, um, look that up. It's from the American League. That, that would be, if I was doing my top 10 greatest hockey fights, that would be on there. Um, but yeah, just, I'm a massive fan. Sorry, folks. I was sitting there rambling away about Brian McGratton, and I kind of went back and looked back at my screen. I noticed I it stopped recording for some reason. Um, my mixer went a little goofy. That's weird. It's never actually done that before. Um, yeah, shit. Now I know where I was. But, yeah, you know, bigger and legendary enforcer. Um, you know, had his issues that he's been very public with in, in terms of addiction. And he's now actually a, an addiction uh specialist with the with the Calgary Flames and he's helped out a lot of guys and um uh I know Jordan Tutu has, has mentioned it numerous times how McGratton has helped him out and uh you know and it's great that he's doing that work and I'm and that great move by the Flames I wish more teams would do that um you know because these guys are struggling uh some guys and uh and I think it really helps to have like a former player talk to them because they can relate right what they're going through with the with the money and the fame and you know etc. So I think it's great that, uh, that, that Brian's doing that and, uh, I wish him well. And, uh, yeah, big fan of Brian McGratton. He's a bad dude, man. And when he fought and when he fight, he was mean, man. He didn't fuck around and he gave interviews where he didn't care. Like he, they talked, they, I remember they asked him about the code one time and he's like, there's no code. Like it's just, if you're going to, if you're going to fuck around, you're getting it. And, uh, I don't care if you're first liner or fourth liner. And I always appreciated that with, with McGratton. He didn't give a shit. He was out there for his own, you know, he, he, he had his own set of rules. So, um, I can appreciate that, but yes, number two, Brian McGratton, I'm assuming. Yes, there you go. Number one. Yeah. Derek Bugard, former wild ranger recently passed away this past season at the tender age of 28. Um, yeah, uh, terrible. 
Derek was drafted 202 overall in the 01 draft by the Wild. Played three seasons in their minor league prior to uh, the next five in the NHL for the Wild, where he became an instant fan favorite. Considered the best, considered one of the best fighters ever to lace them up. He signed as a free agent with the Rangers just prior to the 2010 season starting. He ended up playing just uh, 22 games with the Rangers before complications from a fight with Matt Karkner ended his season. Other ongoing problems from the condition kept him out of the lineup. Derek Bugard died in the Minnesota apartment May 13th. 2011 from a lethal mixture of oxycodone and alcohol. I will personally never forget Derek smashing through the glass at the first tournament. The footage was shot by a buddy and myself and was submitted to ESPN showing the footage during the 10 most smashing NHL moments. Yeah, check that out. Just put a Derek Bugard glass. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, countdown around 0304. Um, yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Boogie? I mean, uh, you know, tragic tale. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, with with uh, the injuries and the pain pills and everything else, um, just a shitty mixture. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have to go on and on about that. You guys know what happened with Bugard. Um, but and he was he 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 was one of the best. Unfortunately, it was it was cut short. Um, his rookie season with the Wild is probably the best rookie season of all time. Um, he was just smoking guys. And, uh, and he was so big, knew how to use it was. And the other thing was, is he was mean too. Like he would, if he had you in a position, he wasn't going to let up on you. He was going to get you. And, uh, and he would get out there and run guys and challenge teams and force them. And, uh, he was a true enforcer and, uh, and he would, you know, and he was a bully and push you around and he did everything that you should be doing as an enforcer. I wish others would know that, but, uh, Boogie was great, way too young, tragic, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he, he was, oh, man, what a force, what a force, I mean, you get a guy that's that big and that long, and knows how, because there's been other big guys that, that's all they are is big, um, but they don't really use their size well, or, like, here I'm giving fighting tips, but if you watch, you'll know what I mean. I've talked to other people about this, but it's like, instead of like, you have the reach of the guy and basically you could, you're that big, you can string a dude out, right? But instead they would lean in maybe, or, you know, and they'd end up getting shots from little guys that they didn't need to take if they had just leaned back and used their length. Um, you know, and big guys, they're not used to getting hit because they're big guys, they're tall, right? But, so some guys didn't have the chin or whatever, or didn't like getting hit, so they'd wrestle you in, but, Bugard was one of those guys that just, he knew, he just knew how to do it. And he just, and he, and he took, like, I can remember him in junior when he first came with Regina and Prince George. He took some lumpings, man. He took some beatings because he was, he's just big gangly and learning. And like, he wasn't a particularly big, obviously a big fighter beforehand, but he learned. And by the time he got to Medicine Hat, he was running guys and getting into it. And then he turned pro there with the Louisiana Ice Gators. And it was all, it was all uphill at that point. Um, yeah. And he, started just smoking guys and uh and he learned as they do and he learned to use and his punching power and it all clicked with the wild when he got up there that rookie year and here we go and uh yeah i can remember the fans in minnesota loved him and uh he made an immediate splash because i was still in the, the fight message boards were still around then right when he first came up and i remember yeah everybody was just like look look, look at this fucking guy you know and uh he was something, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, Boogie. Um, well, there you go, folks. There's uh, 
history of hockey fights, Dave. That was his uh, his top ten list, and uh, I, I'm glad I found that. And uh, like I said, I hope Dave. I know Dave listened to a few episodes here and there. Um, like I said, he hasn't been on social media for the last few years. He, he's smart. He got out. Um, but uh, I hope he's still lurking and still reading and still listening. So Dave, if you're out there, I hope you're doing well, man. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. But um, yeah, folks, there we go. Uh, sorry for the delay. Um, just, you know, stuff going on, tired. Um, I think it's the weather. I'm just the winters, you know, you work outside, the winter just grinds you, man. It's, it really affects your mood. I don't know. Just haven't been feeling it, but, uh, I got a couple casts lined up for this weekend. Hopefully we can talk. And, uh, so when you tune in again, you, you know, you don't, you won't just be hearing my voice. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in and I'll talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?